What in the hell's diversity? <clears throat> well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. Hey, Eric. Hola. Benny. How's it going, guys? Sir? Gentlemen. Benny, it is always good to see you. I just I get well. a, like a giggly smile on my face when I look at you. <laughs> you too. It's because every time I run into you I'm around Pompano, I roll down my window and say something silly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we had a good conversation before we uh, press play. Yeah. Press we record, sir. Record, play, yeah. whatever. Another tricky. Right. Uh. Should, we, should we go into that? No, no. no. Keep, that one <laughs> Keep that one off the record. Naga. Um, it is boring anyway. So... Hey, we got the Selfish Smackdown yeah. right around the corner. Oh, yeah. See, si, senor? If you guys don't know, Benny has the record for most sailfish landed in the Sailfish Smackdown to date with four. And that's a two-day tournament. And uh, just so you guys know, I'm going to do a plug real quick. We have the Sailfish Smackdown 2020 coming up. What, the 18th and 19th? Yeah, it's right? going to be magical. I actually forgot, but I'm... I could check my those, calendar. Those, I already those, blacked out the days. Yeah. I'm going to be there for sure. Those dates check out. That's that's good. That's what it is. And yeah. we're going to have the 18, kickoff. 19. Yep. And we're going to have the kickoff at Brews Room, Pompano Beach, as always. Okay. We I love might, those guys. I might go there after this and have a drink. There's uh, no telling. It's a good idea. I wish yeah. I can, but uh, fortunately I'm a yes. slave to the... Uh, Father response to the new life, so... Uh, which oh, is great. Speaking of that, yeah, congrats, man. Thank you, sir. That's awesome. I see the pictures. She's like... Daddy's little girl staring oh, back at you. You could tell. Dude. Then you see Maria holding her. She's like looking over her shoulder, looking for her dad. I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's uh, Maria's gonna kill you. By the way. But, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, Maria. But I will say this: like the lightsaber thing I did with her, yeah, it was awesome. Like she, she's all into like the guy stuff, you know. I mean, she's only seven months old, but <laughs> still, I can already feel the e, force, like, the tomboyish. The force? Are you, like, is this gonna turn into a Star Wars thing? Sort of. Well, that's gonna be a whole yeah. podcast are sir. you watching this uh, mandalorian on disney plus Is i am benny and i were just a lot of that talking about it yeah. with okay. the, baby yoda the i'm baby. a big fan of the baby yoda memes yes the baby yoda yeah. and i and, fun and i'm gonna say this real quick guys we're gonna do a little star wars bit i'm Uh-oh. bumping into the mic here i have to just do something real quick and i have to, it, the new movie just came out episode nine 12 or whatever yeah basically so this is like the end of the skywalker saga right and this is just real quick. I just have to get this off my chest. The more you say that, the longer it takes. So. I know. So I saw the movie. Okay. And With me or without me? Without you. And once again, I was... <laughs> no, I said Mia, not me. Oh, no, not without with me you. either. I go alone when I go to the movies because I'm a little weird. Sure. But um, so when you watch a movie, right, it's called an arc, okay? You have a hero, right? And he starts out, you know, weak. And let's talk about Luke, right? So Luke, like, was a farm boy. He was a, uh, an orphan, right? He lived on the farm. He was a slave to, uh, on Tatooine, you know, farming and just unhappy with his life. He, he, didn't, he didn't have that satisfaction, right? Okay. And, and so that's the beginning of the arc, right? Sure. So then you have Empire Strikes Back, right? So Luke now goes to train to be a Jedi on um, uh, Data Bank or whatever the fuck it's called with Yoda. Right, so he meets Yoda, this great Jedi master, and Yoda starts training him right in the ways of the Force and to use a lightsaber to lift that X-wing out of the swamp, you know that whole saga. So then he faces off against Vader, right at the end of the second, the the Empire Strikes Back. Vader kicks his ass, cuts his hand off, beats the shit out of him, and then tells him he's his father. So Luke's now totally shattered, and you're like, you know, oh my god, like how can this get any worse for Luke, you know? And then. Return of the Jedi comes, right? And it starts out, like, with Luke. And now he's not wearing white anymore. He's wearing black. Ooh. And he's and he's more confident. And he's walking with confidence. And now he's a Jedi master. And now he has to finish his training with Yoda. And Yoda now, you know, eventually dies, his mentor, and basically says, you know, you're the chosen one. Um, you know, I've, I've done everything I can. Now it's up to you. Right, you are g- pumped g- up. G- about it gives this. me goosebumps. But th- that's a, so, but so when when you write movies or stories, right? This is an arc. Okay, so the hero starts as a farm boy, gets his ass kicked. Then he uh, second movie gets his ass kicked, but he's training. Final movie, he's a Jedi. He becomes the greatest Jedi of all, and he wins. Okay, but actually, right. his father ends up. Killing the Emperor, not even him. You know, right? I, I haven't seen a single Star Wars. Me either. <sighs> I know. I just have to get this off my chest. So, with that being this said. This is out of control. This is out of control. This is a selfish show. that uh, It's coming. So, I just want to end it with this. 
so I saw the new movies, right? Sure. And my biggest complaint with all three of them. Without spoiling it. Three, without spoiling three it. Three new movies? Well, yeah, there's three all to get. So there was three of the old ones and that three of the, the I new I feel ones. like there's a lot more than that. There's more. There's the prequels ahead. as well. Okay. So all right, all right. we won't even get into that. Sure. Please don't. Right. And um, so with these new movies, I think the biggest flaw story-wise is there's this girl and her name is um, Mary Sue. Kidding. It's Ray. Mary Sue means like she's just great because she's a woman. Sure. And I have, sure. Nothing, I have no problem with drunk, strong women. My wife will freaking kick my ass. So, um, but she just like shows up first movie and is great knows the force you said this is beverly knows knows training beverly who who is this where did that come from you're throwing so many names out right now beverly i got lost beverly uh. what is this 70 sitcom or something <laughs> like what is that it sounds like that's what this is oh, turning i was thinking into. of levon and shirley uh, uh doesn't it sound uh. 70s like levon and shirley yeah like, doesn't that yeah. like Remind you of like grandma or mm-hmm. something? Brightly striped shirts and yeah, sure. Well, our grandmas, I think we're almost the same age. Like they were like women today, like the grandmas of our time, like had the curlers in with the one, the gown with the flowers. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Picture. But like grandmas today, like, you know, go to Boca. Their tattoos are faded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, a little different, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's some gilfs up in Boca. Yeah. Are we going to talk about fishing? <laughs> No, we're, we're going to talk about Star Wars no and Gilfs and fucking... Uh, I don't know where I'm getting at. Anyway, uh, the new finish. movies, yeah, they suck. There's no arc in the character. I just explained what an arc is, for those of you who don't know. There's no struggle with the hero, okay? Now, speaking of heroes, we have Benny. Now, Benny's arc, okay, is he was a great fisherman, but he never really kayaked fish, right? So if I'm going to write a story on Benny... Right? So before the Sailfish Smackdown, he was a little nervous, but he was confident in fishing. But, you know, he didn't know if he could compete with these guys. And then all of a sudden, he's thinking, oh my God, I might flip. Maybe I won't. I don't know. La, 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 la. So, so let then... me tell you about the first time I met Benny. Or not even <laughs> met him, just okay. saw him. Okay. And I am like, who is this motherfucker right here? Shout out to Joe Bate for this story coming up. He's <laughs> <laughs> so in the Bahamas. I think uh, 20, I don't know, not the last year, the year before. Okay. And um, I see this guy, I think he had two rods, and he had what looked like a kiddie pool on the back of a West Marine kayak. <laughs> yeah, it, was like oh. a, it was like a hamper. Yes, yeah, <laughs> West Marine. That's when you got the mahi. No, that was in Pompano for the first sailfish smackdown oh, I ever fished. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think, didn't you take on water out there in the yeah, Bahamas? Yeah, they and had to tow me in back in. <laughs> I pulled my drain plug on day one to get the water out, oh, and I forgot God. to put it back in on day two. Oh, I was like the last one off the beach in Bahamas mode. We were hanging out the night before a little right, later than sure. we normally would on a tournament yeah. day, and yeah, I forgot to put the plug in. <laughs> was wondering why I was arc. sitting so heavy. See? This yeah. is the arc. arc of the story. Yeah. But eventually, through all of his troubles... He wins in the end through his struggles, right? He yeah. wins the Sailfish Smackdown. He has the record for the most Sailfish. So that's what I'm trying to say. Like, when you write a story, writers of Disney, you need <laughs> to create an arc for your hero. You don't just make it so that she's great first movie in and then great last movie. Can we start referring to it as a Benny arc? A Benny arc. No. Okay? Benny so arc. now, Sailfish Smackdown time. Yeah, little SS. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm pumped for it. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. It's been a while. Yeah, I am. Been a few yeah. months. We need uh, good weather. I, yeah. I, can, can, I concur, sir. Yeah. yeah. Last couple of years have been rough. For that. And everybody, it's just, it beats everybody up, and especially yeah. a two-day tournament. Yeah, I mean, so. it's intimidating, too, especially for guys that don't fish in the ocean a lot. They sure. kayak fish, but, you know, around the country and lakes or other bodies of water that aren't as rough as the Atlantic. Right. Yeah. You get on that shoreline on a 15, 20 mile an hour east wind with your kayak and you're looking oh, like, yeah. I'm not going. Sure. And you see other guys lining up, gearing up like they're ready to go. And you're like, hold on, we're going to do this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, my first couple of times coming out here, I fucking threw up before I launched. Like, I was getting nervous to go out there. What is with you guys? Jay said the same thing. Oh, really? You guys throw <laughs> up before you... What? Dude, I used to get really nervous when I was driving here from Texas, not knowing what to expect, and like I just got really nervous before launch. I got intimidated. And, yeah, yeah, I get intimidated leaving the beach, especially at first. And I fish that beach in those waters all the time. Yeah. So it's it's. I mean, it's different when you're getting in a kayak by yourself when you only have what's with you in the kayak and right. You're the motor. You're yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. you don't have everything at your hands in a boat. You can't travel yeah. where you want. You have sure. That guy I brought out last week or a couple of weeks ago when we got those mahi, he said he's got 
tons of friends on the West Coast, Florida, that want to fish your tournaments and you know they worry about that oh, stuff sure. all the time and yeah so i'm trying to get them out here to do do I a mean, trip before that the, the the best i could say you know for these guys is what we do do is we you said doo-doo when I, what, but uh i did say doo-doo didn't i you sure did yes so safety for us is 100 percent. yeah very important so like we have multiple help boats we have sponsors that that have help boats so if if you are nervous about the tournament. Just know, I would say we're one of the top tournaments when it comes to safety, though, because sure. of what you guys have to deal with, with the elements and everything we have. Right. Everything that I can control, I think we do that fairly fairly well. Definitely. Yeah, yes. I mean, they're, they're, and knock on wood, uh, I think that's real wood. But, um, you know, we, we do lose kayakers every year, but it's never the offshore guys. Exactly. It's always the guys in That's the an rivers. That's interesting stat. Yeah, guys in rivers, inshore, going out when they shouldn't. Heavy rains were the day sure. before, and there's a lot of current, a lot of water moving in and out. So it's you know, a combination of a lot of things. But uh, well, yeah. I think with us, with the offshore guys, um, you know, you have the coast guard there in the morning. You, you know, they're checking everyone's gear. Then we have our guys like Marco checking everyone's gear. Then you have that element where you're all kind of like bunched together and you're shooting off together. It's not like one of those tournaments where they're shooting off all over like. The, Texas, you know right, what I'm saying? Yeah. There's always someone close by, whether it's a help boat, another kayak. For right. the most part, Everyone correct. has a radio. Right. No, nothing can happen in the, you know. Exactly. Yep. So I think that's the, you know, and then with our help boats as well, we, we spread them out to where they're always kind of around, even mm-hmm. if you don't see them. Yeah. So I, I think that that helps a lot. And um, Well, and the, the preparation the English take as well, I mean, I. I think everyone goes over their gear before any of these tournaments or even going offshore in a kayak. Well, they I mean, should, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, whether it's making sure your drain plug's tight or hatches are tight, you know, whatever. Some sure. of these kayaks sit low in the back and take on a little water. It's, you know, about being prepared. And I, I always roll out with the handheld builds, you know. It's, yeah. You well, just never know. I got one. I learned the hard way. <laughs> well, speaking of preparation, let's get into, you know, your preparation for a sailfish tournament. And I'm, th- I'm not talking just ours. I'm saying in general. Like, what's some of the things you do just to prepare for that sailfish tournament? Uh, well, one thing I could say first, especially, you know, especially for the kayak tournaments is, you know, your mindset and being mentally prepared. Not overthinking some of the things that you normally do when you go out fishing on a regular basis and you catch a sailfish. Right. It's the same thing for tournament day. You just want to be a little more prepared as far as having more rigs made, sure. having more hooks on board, stuff like that that's in within your control but getting caught up in your head and starting to try different things you don't normally do on tournament day little Mm -hmm. things like that will really distract you and not really benefit you all right i've always heard never try new things on tournament day never why do you want to do that you don't want to you want to be confident on tournament day you you know confidence is the most important thing sure you know and it's you know as far as being confident, I mean, like, knowing your gear's right, knowing right. how you're fishing, knowing how you're presenting your bait. Connections. You know, it's Solid yeah. connections. Yeah. I think fishing has a lot to do with vibes and karma. There's a lot of times you're on a boat and the bite's great, and all of a sudden the vibe changes because a couple guys may yell at each other or something, and all of a sudden <laughs> the true. bite dies with it. It's, right. it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's all there. So mentally being prepared and having your mindset, especially on those rougher days where we're still going to go out because it's tournament day, Sure, you got to mentally be ready to physically battle through the elements all day right and it's not yeah. about just catching fish at that point now you're you got to stay afloat too yeah. so. make, well, <laughs> make sure you have enough water on board for sure. drink and yeah, you know, yeah. all that stuff it's it's physically exerting um exhausting too yeah especially on those rougher days where people don't realize the difference between a nautical mile and a regular mile it's you're riding up and down all this swell it adds distance to everything of course going against so. the current as well yeah. is a big difference sure wind so. current all that stuff just yeah. well what's interesting about benny here as well is that he only kayak fishes on tournament day. He is not one of those typical kayak anglers that yeah. goes out all the time. And, and, I mean, this is just something you do yeah. on tournaments, yeah, yeah. competition. Yeah, I mean, not for there nothing. I used to work with Joe Bates selling the bait, catching the bait for the kayak tournaments. Sure. And when I seen, like, how much fun you guys were having and the parties before and after and right. the, the morning of being there dishing out bait and seeing everybody, like, I'm competitive. I love – fishing tournaments even on the boat kayak whatever it is right but at the time i never even fished a kayak tournament and just seeing how fun it looked and how competitive it was and me having a little competitive nature i was like you know what let me get in a kayak and do this right that's when joe Bates said oh borrow my 
dual person, whatever, no. tandem kayak. Oh, oh, that was a mess. But hey. <laughs> hey, you did it. it if yeah, I didn't do that, I wouldn't be here today. I would have right. never yeah. rented a Hobie next year and, and got in and sure. made it happen. The Ark. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the Ark of the Benny Ark. Yes, exactly. Uh, Hopefully it's like a McDonald's Ark. I went down and now I'm on my way back up. Yeah, sure. You know? There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean. And I, I have yet to peak, so I'm still waiting on mine. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I agree with Benny, like, confidence, you know? Like, Fred. You know, we would go fishing all the time. He was never. He would always say before we even went out, "I'm not going to get anything." <laughs> that was Fred's mentality, <laughs> and but it was true. It yeah. really happened every time. And I had, and you know, back in my heyday when I would kayak fish all the time, I always knew I would get something when I would go out, and I yeah. always did. Yeah. You know, and it, it's I, weird. It's a real that I started doing that when I switched from freshwater to saltwater, which was only about six years ago or so. Right, and it was. I did it because I felt like I was going to catch something every time I went. And you never know what it's going to be. Sure. And then I got and started getting into this offshore game, and it's just like, well, you really don't know what's, you know. It's I, the beauty it, of it, man. It, yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, yeah. And with the Sailfish tournaments, what was your first experience like? And how did you prepare for that mentally? You know, you're on the beach, right? You're, you're checking all your rigs. Like, what did you do? Give us kind of like a layout throughout the day. Of preparing, and I'm talking before yeah, well, shoot off during the day. We could talk about my first sailfish tournament when I had the tandem the, kayak. Yeah, that was I, the mahi, right? You yeah, got yeah, the mahi. Okay, yeah, yeah. Consider it lucky. Got a little mahi, but yeah. Uh, so preparation for me, I mean, the two most important things for me were one, staying afloat out there and not losing all my gear, and two, not losing all my live bait because. Really, when you're on a kayak, that's one of the most effective ways that you're going to catch a sure. sailfish is live bait fishing, right? especially a sailfish. Um, so that day, yeah, I had a couple rod holders. I had like a half of a laundry bin filled with water and some goggle eyes and pilchards in there. On a second seat, I paddled the weight of two people all the way out there with that. Um, I found the first rip where the blue water met the green water, and I stayed right on that edge all day. I didn't have no electronics. I didn't know how deep I was. I didn't know anything. I just knew I was on a nice edge where the green water met the blue water. Right. I stayed right on the blue side, and uh, you know I got lucky, caught that mahi, won the mahi division that year. Yeah, yeah you did. And that kind of made me say, you know what, this really was fun. Plus, I ranked. It kind of said, you know what, I'm coming back next year. Right. Sure. And that next year, I rented the Hobie. And again, when it comes to preparation, I mean, for sailfish tournaments, you got your live bait fishing. So you have fluorocarbon right. and circle hooks. Yeah. So, I mean, I prepared. I had my 15-foot leaders pre-made. You want to maximize that. Right. It can make a big difference when you get that sailfish close to your kayak, trying to reach out and get the leader touch. Yeah. If your leader gets chopped down a few times, cut off by kings, and you keep retying hooks onto that, now you're down to a 10-foot leader. Now you got five more feet. You got to get that fish closer to you to get the leader touch. Right. So like all these little things play a, a factor, and they might make a small factor on any given specific basis. Sure. But over a long time, consistently, they're going to make a, a big difference on your hookup ratios and how many fish you end up landing and stuff like that. Well, so let me let me ask you this. So, I think our biggest issue with this tournament still is that it's still I would say pretty new in the kayak world, you know, a billfish kayak tournament. Sure. And a lot of guys, as you guys know, you hear it on the radio all day, lose these fish. I would say last year it was the most I've ever seen lost. Well, they're not. How, what, what, what can give them that edge? How do they need to, you were talking about bridling, bridling your baits, right? Yes. It's something that you think could be real effective. Explain that and how that can help these guys maybe, you know, not lose these fish. So as far as, you know, most of the guys, I mean, you got a lot of guys, too, that come from around the country. They've never even fished right. in saltwater before. And those are the guys that end up winning the tournaments. I mean, it's sure. you put a live bait on a hook and you hope someone, whoever gets lucky gets lucky. Mm-hmm. But as far as, you know, getting the good hookup ratio and the good landing percentages, bridling the bait, you're just making sure that your hook is fully exposed on top of the bait as opposed to being inside of the bait. Gotcha. So you could look at picture the top of the goggle eye or the nose of the goggle eye, however you're going to hook it. You put the hook in the fish's nose, in one nostril, out the other. Now you have a little bit of that hook that might be um, covered. You know, covered up by the fish's nose or maybe that hook can even keep spinning all the way through the nose and double back into the fish. Right. And now your hook is fully that, that fish, the sailfish can swallow your bait at that point. Gotcha. Your, your hook's buried inside the goggle eye 
And now you're going to pull the goggle eye right out of his mouth, and your hook's not even going to catch onto the sailfish. Right. Unless you got really lucky and it pulled out while it was down his throat, whatever. But as far as, yes, bridling the bait, you're going to prevent the hook from doubling back. You're going to have the whole hook exposed, and you'll have a way, I think, way better hookup ratio and landing percentage when you do bridle And another point on bridling bait, um, I forget where I saw this, but it makes a lot of sense. If you have a metal hook going through your bait fish, they're moving a thousand times a minute, and that's eventually going to waller out a hole and create a bigger void, if you will. Sure. Yeah. Um, whereas you bridle with the rubber band, it gives it some stretch, it gives it a sure. little movement, and you don't yeah. have to worry about it tearing up your bait. And the baits tend to live a little longer when they're bridled <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, presentation is key. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, another that's, thing, especially yeah. with live bait fishing. I mean, you're not you're not jigging. You're not looking for a reaction bite. You're not trolling. Right. You're specifically presenting a live bait naturally. Sure. To another fish that eats those fish naturally on a daily basis. Yeah. So if he's chasing those fish on a daily basis and they're all swimming fast from him, then he comes across one that has something hanging from it. And he sees him dragging a little slow. He comes up on that bait, whacks it with his bill, and he realizes something's wrong. He might not eat it. Right. You know, a fish that's dialed in on a bait and he's going to eat any bait, that's different. But you get the days where the fish are picky and, you know, sure. fish have brains too. you got to give them a little credit. They're not just going to sure, yeah. eat anything. Right. So having bait presentation, you know, specifically, I mean, this is an opinion thing. I like to use smaller hooks, lighter line to get the better bait presentation. But a lot of guys say, no, I'd rather have the bigger hooks and the heavier line so when I do get the hook up, you don't I'm, lose the I'm fish. not going to lose that fish. I'm, i right. got a better chance of landing it. Yeah. So it goes both ways. I'd rather have more hookups and finesse the fish. That's just my, always been my style of fishing, mm-hmm. and it'll continue to be whether I'm live bait fishing, trolling. I always tend to fish a little lighter than everybody else. Well, so. speaking of your style, I think what's interesting about your style fishing is, like with the Sailfish Tournament, we were on the boat watching you, you know, on some of those occasions, and you were holding one rod in your hand as you were slow trolling. You had another rod back. Explain that. Like, what? why is your style like that? Like, why are you always holding that one rod? So, especially when it comes to sailfish, not as specific with the meatfish tournaments that, right. you know, that we fish. But especially with sailfish, a lot of it is about feel or sight. And, oh. oh good job, Eric. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, okay. Eric Clark. I'm trying to sabotage Benny for the next yeah. tournament. So. Yeah. Perfect. Rod t- those rods are, you know, they're cheap. Yeah. Good Only job. A couple hundred bucks each. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> But, um, so what were we saying? Uh, so as far as, the, uh, <laughs> so yeah, you actually about holding a rod, holding uh, the rod. Um, right. Your style. So yeah, I mean, on that, that, that specific tournament I caught and landed four fish. I think I felt every single one of them before they even ate my bait. Interesting. I, you know, it's, and that's a big part of it. I mean, every guy is going to catch that fish that, you know, when you have your rod in a rod holder and it's behind you and you're not looking over, you're not looking at it and the rod just bends over and starts screaming everyone's going to catch that fish. No sure. one's going to miss He's that fish. Up. That fish hooked yeah. himself and he ate himself and, right. and, and, and whatever. But as far as, you know, you might be dragging a bait back there and you might have two or three sailfish that might have came up on your bait, whacked it with their bill, and you didn't even notice because you weren't watching the rod tip or you weren't feeling the rod. So like you said, I had one in my hand the whole time with the bail open and my finger on the line. I treated every single hit like a sailfish that day. The very first tap I felt of anything I had my line right in free spool. You want the fish to not only be whacking your bait and the bait to be able to swim around looking natural. Right. When he eats your bait, you want it to end up down his throat. You don't want to feel a little tap and start reeling. Like you're, you're not snagging a brim that ate a little piece of bread. Like you, you want <laughs> right. the fish to eat. You want the, the bait to be down his throat. So feeling that all happening yeah. and knowing what's happening is important. And, you know, again, a lot of these guys that come from out of town, they don't fish in the ocean as much. They might have never even caught a sailfish before. They're not going to know specifically exactly what I'm talking about. But a guy who fishes on a boat a lot has caught hundreds of bonitas, sailfish, kingfish, any one of those three fish. If I had it hooked up, I more than likely know what it is after the first run, if not while they're eating my bait. So with the sailfish, yeah, feeling that, feeling him whack your bait with the bill and dropping your bait right in a free spool will help you get the hook down the fish's throat essentially mm. you'll give them a little more slack to be able to eat it as opposed to feeling a tap and reeling and now right. you're pulling the bait away from him in an unnatural fashion possibly because you're yeah, dragging it yeah he'll and he like, might just uh, swim away yeah so you know again all these little things make a make a big difference over time as far as any small situation that might happen but yeah i'm a i'm a feel and sight type of guy um even like on the boat on my charters and stuff I'll I'll see the bite before it even happens. I'll tell the customer what rod it's going to happen on. Even, you know, you just kind of see it happen. You could see either 
a rod tip slack off or start shaking or sure. start to get tight but not peel off yet. And it's just right. little things like that. But again, with the sailfish specifically, the feel is the most important. Yeah, I think, hmm. you know, like you said, you saw me holding one rod in my hand. The other rod was in front of me. I didn't have any rods behind me for the sailfish tournaments. I was even, I think, offered a kayak that only had the rod holders in the back that was like a little bigger. Yeah. But I didn't want that one because those rod holders in front of me, having that rod right in front of me where I can see all the action on that rod tip, it was important to me. If I'm holding a rod in my hand and I look up and I see one little slight tap on that rod, now I'm putting that rod down, picking that one up, dropping that in a free spool, and I want my bait to be swimming back there natural. I was using, you know, I use all smaller hooks, lighter Mm -hmm. leader, and... um try to try to get that baby and i think i think a lot of people just don't understand the work that potentially goes into tournament fishing the finesse finesse the work <clears throat> all of that well yeah. when it no. comes to this topic especially that we're on as far as presenting the bait and the bait eating and all that and especially when it comes to sailfish that's why a sailfish is so respected and that's why when you have sailfish tournaments they don't base the tournament on who has the biggest fish and the most weight of sailfish the hard part is hooking and catching that fish multiple so whoever has the most numbers is the most respected based on how many fish they hooked and landed right that's that's one part of it because it's so hard to hook that fish and because they have that big bill and they won't just come up and eat right away they're going to come up and play with your bait and whack it like all these little things you know, yeah. someone who has more selfish experience is going to feel all that happening. Keep sure. it in free spool till they know the the baits down that fish's throat. He's swimming mm-hmm. the opposite way, and then you get tight. Then, but you'll see guys even on a kite. You'll be fishing on a kite, especially on a days where you have uh, south wind and the fish are coming from the north, but your kites are north of you. The fish will eat off your kite and start swimming right at you. And a lot of guys reel, 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 and pull the hook right out of the fish's throat while he's coming at them. There's times where you could see your short bait get eaten, and you just keep it in free spool, let him swim. And when he's, you know, kind of downstream of you a little bit, swimming south of you, right. and you get tight, and you're, you get tight, you know. And it's same thing on a kayak some days, depending on how you're fishing and if you're, pedaling against the current pedaling south all your baits are going to be behind you that fish is coming from behind you and he's going to swim past you so sometimes you might not get tight until the fish he picks up your bait and swims ahead of you right so it, it's it depends on every situation's different you know especially right. with conditions what advice would you give an out-of-towner or someone that's never fished it before that's coming and fishing the sailfish smackdown um basically just stick to the basics and don't overthink anything and right. you know don't get, throw up on the beach. Yeah, throwing Eric. up on the beach, that's, yeah, of course. I mean, you don't want to do that. I do what I do. you got to have energy throughout the day to be paddling to get <laughs> right. back to your starting so point. I, I'm glad you brought that up. So <laughs> I, because I used to get, <laughs> so I used to get seasick and stuff when I first started doing this. And uh, how so you I, get it out early? Yeah. Your, right. But <laughs> the way around that, whether it be on shore or once I got out there, was not having just, anything in your stomach. Don't eat before you launch. I hear customers say it all the time. I tell it to people. Yeah, that's don't it, eat much. I haven't been sick since. Yeah, it six, helps. Six, six, oh, that's tricky words. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. If anybody gets seasick out there, yeah, I was helping out on a help boat one day before. with Doug Perez. And um, I saw someone get seasick. We had to help him in. I'm like, how do you get seasick in the kayak? You're like on the water. You're not, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like, all right, I guess you're still. It's a lot of it's movement. A lot of motion and movement. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 I I think there was one time where I've gotten seasick and it was going to the Bahamas and we did a uh, like a pre-trip. And the boat that they had that year, you couldn't go outside. Yeah. So they locked everything up, mm. and it was, like, Being really, really tough. dangerously yeah. choppy. And I, it was the one time where I'm in this boat going, oh, my God, like, this is yeah. this is not cool. I need to go Yeah, when you can't see outside. the motion, it, oh. it's worse. And yeah. then they won't let you outside. Yeah, yeah. And then all around me, I hear, <laughs> and then I freaking smell it. And I'm sitting there, like, and then I look at Doug Perez, and he's he's sitting back. Like on the on the seat, and he's like literally green, like the real <laughs> oh, no green. Shit. And I'm looking at Doug, and he's looking at me, and he's like this, and I'm just going. So I go into the bathroom, right, to try to get away from everyone. And so I, I go into the bathroom, and I'm looking down, and there's the sink, and I'm like washing my face off. I'm like, I'm not feeling good, man. And all of a sudden, I hear, and I look over, and there's this there's this bohemian guy in a suit, right. That's full of throw up, and he's in a fetal position in the corner of the bathroom. It was security, wasn't he? With his suitcase, (laughs) just like you know, when like you've thrown up so many times, it's just like air, and he's like, 
and he's just doing that. And I'm and I look at him and I look back at myself and I'm like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, that was the worst. That was the only time I've ever gotten seasick. And that was bad. Last man. time I got seasick was a similar story. I went on like a drift boat in the Keys. And I was talking to the mates before I got on the boat. I was a big right. shot, right? Telling them, yeah, I work on boats down south. You don't oh, have to shit. worry about me. Oh, I'm going to win the pool. Where's the – how much <laughs> oh, money is it, right? God. That's Cash when it happens. Talking all this yeah. shit, right? I go inside the cabin. I'm rigging some baits. Guy's throwing up That's in a bucket. He's throwing up in a bucket. And I'm telling him, like, look, man, go out on the deck. Look at the shoreline. You'll make yourself fear, but feel better. You're never going to get better in here thinking I'm helping him out. Meanwhile, I start smelling it, whatever. And right. One thing led to another. And then the mates were all laughing at me. That was a guy. Though. He said he works on boats. <laughs> <laughs> look at him. <laughs> yeah. And That's when it happens. Right away, too. You, like, get this, like, you feel fine. All of a sudden, like, you feel something weird in your throat. Oh, you're, I like, swallowing weird. You're yeah. Like, mm, the queasiness mm. hits you. Yeah. You go cross-eyed for a second. You're like oh shit then your you mouth to, like, starts saliva you look up you're like <laughs> yeah yeah not for sure dude, it's the worst feeling in the world yeah. anyway where were we uh <laughs> no telling there's selfish no telling time. yeah Prepping for uh, selfish. but yeah so you know i think with the new guy especially hearing so many fish lost last year i noticed when you know because we're on the help boat so i see a lot that goes on too and i noticed with a couple guys they were hooked up and we got to him pretty fast and they lost the fish. So, you know, you're riding up and down, like you were saying, because you're so low to the water. And when, when they would go down, the line would get slack. And so, they come back up. Yeah, yeah. So I saw how some of these guys lost the fish. So, yeah. you know, my advice to you guys as well is, you know, keep that line tight no matter what. I know it could be hard. I know it's a lot of, you know, up and down because you're so low to the water and it's a little piece of plastic in the ocean. And if it's choppy, yeah. you know, it's rough. I mean, you got to just keep that line as tight as possible. That's what I would say. The way I try to describe it to people, again, I have customers that come on the boat that you try to describe it to them without like grabbing the rod from them and sure. showing them. Right. I always tell them, find a tension point that feels nice and tight where you know the line's not going to break, but you know you're gaining on the fish. Find that tension point and try and stay right there. Yeah. And when you're riding the waves like up that. and down, watch your rod tip and feel that tension point. And then when you go up the wave and you're starting to get tight on the fish, you know, you kind of give a little to them. And when you come back down the wave, you're reeling on your way down. Right. And just kind of ride the waves and find that tension point and don't go past it and don't give up too much on it. Now, right. let's give uh, let's give your guide service a little shout out. Is Benny's Book of Mate? Let's yeah. know what you're going by yeah, now. Benny's Book of Mate. I mean, you can find it online through Benny's Book of Mate.com. Also, fishwithbenny.com. Um, I have, you know, kind of in a transition where I have a site for Benny's fishing charters that I'm trying to see if I'm going one way or the other. So, sure, yeah, fishwithbenny.com, though, will bring you right to my site. Good. Awesome. You'll see all cool. the, you know. Do you have an Instagram? Yeah. In, uh, Instagram is mycatch. So if you spelled out mycatch and then a four, a U, a two, and a C. So mycatch for you to see. I like that. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. yeah. All, right. Yeah. all, right. Yeah. all right. Yeah, I had a I had an Instagram for the fishing team who we bill in as well. But, oh, yeah, um, I remember that. You know, the team members change every year. It's sure, like, yeah. sure. You, you know, it's it's tough. It's it's an expensive hobby. It takes up a lot of time if you want to be committed and serious. Yeah. So I've been putting a little more attention towards growing the business and the charters like than that, fishing, you know. So yeah, it's, it's great. The to- you know, the yeah. And you've been killing it, too, with yeah, your charters. Yeah, been, been getting uh, getting lucky, you know, catching some good fish. Which you got quite a few a lot Wahoo of, this year, didn't you? Yeah, Wahoos. Mm. I've, you know, been very successful with the swordfish this year. We did mm. three trips awesome. where we caught seven swords in three trips. Ooh, and that week, I think I booked three more trips sure. for nice. the upcoming week. So little things like that. You know, you try hard and you, you yeah. catch Advertise some fish, it. then you're going to have people coming back. So Very cool, Benny. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, let me say something, man. You, you've been killing it. Um, I appreciate anglers like you because you don't kayak fish and you come out and you compete in these tournaments and you show these guys that do it all the time. Hey, listen, you got to be a good fisherman first, right? I mean, you got to put the time in, you got to put the work in and that's something that you do. You know, you, you put, I mean, everything you talked about, like the rod tip, you know, it's all those little things that add up to winning the arc. And I just think that that is something that more of these guys should probably do is it, preparation rise and all that is sure. is just focus on the details a little more. And, um, yeah, I just I just think that's that's more important than just getting out there and putting your rod in the back of you and waiting well, for it to get whacked. Right? right. And another good point he made is uh, he likes keeping things small. So whether it's his line or his hooks. Yeah, um, I'm the same way. I like I use three O's. 
for for sailfish. Yeah, for yeah. pilchards, I will. For the gogs, I'll, I'll use, use it a for four gogs, or five. Dude. Yeah. I mean, I go way small. Yeah. I, I don't even know how I did it over the years because I came from Jersey. Yeah. So I didn't know, like, the right rig to catch these fish. And the main fish, which most people know that I was catching, was wahoo all the time. I don't even know how I did it, man. I even caught one on a circle hook one time. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, I think, but what I did do was prepare really well back then, not anymore, Yeah. to go out and catch these fish. So I, I will say it's the little things that add up to winning in the end. So sure. I think uh, what you're doing is awesome, man. Yeah. And, you as well. and sure. your charter business, I went over there. When did I go over there? I went to Richard's boat one time just to check on some things and take some photos with you, right? Was that yes. with you? Yes, yes. And uh, I know... Me and Andrew from Railblazer, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, I know... Uh, I do forget his name. He was a ex-Marine, I think, or the big tall guy, his house right there with the pool. Benny, or not Benny, I mean, um, Richard is parked right in his uh, his dock. Uh, Glenn. Glenn, yeah, yes. Glenn. So yep. he works out. Yeah, he goes the, to your gym. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I want to give a shout out to Glenn. He's the hey, man. Glenn. He is the nicest guy. He is. He's great. Um, you know, really cool guy. So. We, we all know you don't work out, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. sir. Yeah, Glenn told me he saw him there a few times. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> must Dude, have been, must have been right after the New Year. It's just kayak fishing, bro. Yeah. That's all I do. Are those, from the, those are from the Hobie Puddle Drive then? No. Or vertical jigging, is that? It's vertical <laughs> jigging. Right. And God, some other I, I hate jigging so much. Do you really? <laughs> I fucking hate it. Really? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll instead of bringing, um, like, your freestyle or butterfly jigs or whatever you want to call them, I'll, uh, I'll jig the whole body here slowly. Hmm. Uh, That's the most confident fishing I ever am. When I drop a jig, right, and I'm over, like, a deep wreck, and I never use, uh, like, GPS equipment or anything. I've never have. And uh, I'll just look for the charter boats. So I'll go and I'll, and I'll just yeah and they hate it and I'll hey, roll right up. Benny I'll, out just, today? I'll just drop the you know I'll drop my jig, and I think the best feeling in the world is it's going down right, and you, you you crank up like three times and it stops. So it's like it's almost like you're like oh shit and the fish is like oh shit and then you both go your separate ways and it's and then it's the fight. But First that, time, but I there's ever... that stop for like three seconds. It like stops one two three and then it. And then it goes. The, my, the first time I ever even tried vertical jigging was in the Bahamas. And day one, we're heading out. I think I was in 80 feet of water. Yeah. And, and I just see bait ball on my screen. I'm like, fuck it. I'll, I'll try this jigging thing out. 12-pound uh, mutton snapper. See? Nice. Second drop down. Get hit again. Uh, ended up with half an Amico. But, uh, yeah, I definitely. fast in the Bahamas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go through a couple dozen jigs yeah. in an hour. Oh yeah, up. and those things ain't cheap either. Yeah. But um, I, I, I've had success with jigs. I just I don't know. I'd rather jig a whole ballyhoo, and then if it doesn't work after a few drop downs, I can just leave it out and mm. start trolling it hmm. the way I rig them, or whatever. But um, yeah, I fucking hate jigging. Yeah. I don't know. I just like that feel. I, I, I yeah. you're right. I don't mind the whole. You know, after a while, if you're not getting anything, you're like, yeah. oh, fuck this. You know? <laughs> but, uh, Benny, are you going to maybe take some uh, are you guys out? You think that maybe want to pre-fish or anything before the tournament? Yeah, I'm, I'm always open to it. Um, well, I, how can they get a hold of you If besides the website? Like yeah, phone number? If not the website, um, my phone number is 954-914-4251. Um, also, social media. You can find me on Facebook with Benny's Book of Made or my personal page, Benny Skoka. Uh, the fishwitbenny.com website will pull up the phone number, the website, cool. social media, everything there. So, yeah, if anyone's looking to pre-fish, get some local knowledge the week before the tournament, days before the tournament, I'm open to it. We've done it before. You know, we've had some real good pre-fishing days, and then the anglers go back there the next day, and it's sure. not the same. And then we've had some days where we pre-fish, don't ke- catch much, but just the knowledge that the anglers got, they use it the next day right. in the tournament, and it helps out a lot. So, you know, it can help, yeah. Definitely. And, you know, I want to thank you a lot, too, because, you know, since I've been fishing your tournaments, I do take kayakers out on charters now. Awesome. And, it, you know, it's basically because of the anglers I met in your tournaments uh, and the groups of guys down here in Florida started their kayak groups. Sure. And, again, I met them all through your tournaments, and it helped my business out. And now, you know, looking back through my calendar, whether it's on a monthly basis or yearly basis, there's always some awesome. kayak names, guys that I've met at the tournaments. I took out Pam and Bart before uh, – the last SummerSlam, I think we got like an 18, a kingfish. We were right. trying to, for the SummerSlam tournament. I think the biggest one was like 18 pounds. Um, we we caught a, a few year. that day. And then the next year. year, the next day, though, that, that you know, when I saw them, they weren't in the same spot. But yeah. they were, they, they didn't have the same luck. But we did good pre-fishing. 
You know, with the SummerSlam, um, we didn't get any Wahoo this year, man. Yeah, Not a weird. one. They're huh? here right now. It's you know? weird. I always, I always think the winter months are better around the moons really? than the summer months. That's always been my opinion. Really? I've even had this conversation with another kayaker who said they like the summertime months for the Wahoo August, months better. Man. Yeah, I feel like November, December, you get that first wave of cool water coming down. Right. Then around the moons, then it's a little more productive. I would but. say I agree with you with the amount of wahoo but i would yeah. say in august the big wahoo breeder yeah. size yo there's ones. something also about a kayak and a wahoo that go hand in hand because for it's example strange. that day that yeah. we had like the john mccord caught like what 70 something those texas guys had like a 60 we had a five we had a, a 59 40, couple 49 yeah whatever it was we had what six wahoo in that one yeah corner that there. year I, I talked to a lot of the boat guys too. I'm thinking the kayakers caught five or six wahoo. The boat guys must have crushed it. They did. The boat guys didn't catch anything. So it's weird. Some days every bite's different. Some days fish are biting better on live bait. Some days they're biting better on the troll. Yeah. Typically you catch wahoo trolling. That day the live bait was just going off catching wahoos. And I think it's something to do with, like, for example, when you find a floater offshore. You find a log floating, you'll catch mahi on it on the surface. But sure. if you troll something by it down deep, you'll nine out of ten times, you're going to get a wahoo on yep. that floater as well. And I think the same goes with a kayak. Mm-hmm. I think you're out there for a certain amount of hours. That wahoo's working his way upstream, and maybe he gets up under your kayak. There's no motor to distract him. There's yep. no He thinks he's just sitting under there, and you got a picture too. Um, right under your kayak, you're putting off a real small little bit of shade. But now you go down 150 feet where that wahoo's chilling, and that shade goes down from your kayak like a V. And now down mm. deeper, that shade's oh, bigger I down there. I didn't even think about that. So these That's fish are point. chilling in the shade under your kayak. You drop that jig down there, and boom, you're tight. I'm like, right. so, you know, I, I kind of thought about that when that SummerSlam, we caught so many off the kayaks, yeah. and the boating guys weren't catching many. I was sitting in 100 foot that, foot that year. I caught two kings in like a pompano or something, and a tuna. You caught a nice African, man. And I seen all these kayaks back at the scales. I, was, I mean, these, uh, these kayaks, that these tour, wahoos back at the scales. And I'm like, why day? didn't I go out and fish deeper? Oh. But at the same time time yeah i thought i thought i was gonna win that tournament and then i pull up on the beach with like uh yeah had the african pompano that before uh before flip caught that big one that was the biggest Uh, one that thing was a monster we had that pompano i thought he was 40 pounds we put him on the scale it was like 22 i was like oh they look a lot bigger than they really (laughs) are on the water man yours looked massive too (laughs) when you brought it up and it ended up being you know it was i had those i had uh the pompano a kingfish and a tuna and thinking for the average weight that wins the tournaments, I was sitting pretty. Yeah. Then I see John McCroy trying to drag this thing up the beach. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, oh, my God, what is that? I'm and like, he had a black fin. It looked like a kayak, which black and white, the stripes right. on it, wahoo stripes. It was, like, bigger than a kayak. Yeah, this thing. man. Yeah, awesome. and then he had the black fin and the kingfish. King he had, like, 100-something pounds yeah, that day. Yeah, 101. 101. That's, That's the record wild. still, right? That's the record. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. He's out there. He deserves it. Yeah. He's out there he all the puts time. puts in his time out there. Yeah, That's yeah. for sure. Oh, that's for sure. And remember, the year before that, the SummerSlam 2 that we had right around the same time. We had an out-of-state guy catch a 59-pounder. We had another 44-pounder and a 36-pounder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So two tournaments in a row for Part 2, SummerSlam, we were on. The Wahoos. And then last year, yeah. for whatever reason, it yeah. just – This I, past I tried year to put was it weird. On that moon. It was weird with everything. The Mahi never really showed up offshore this yeah. year thick like they did in past years. Um, just, you know, for your tournaments, like you see, the bite wasn't as good. Yeah. The weights weren't there. Weird Not as here. many people coming to the scales. Weird. Yeah. Even, hmm. even right now, you know – Oh, well, right now the sailfish are starting to show up, but what is it? It's, yeah, it's December. They usually show up in November, and literally October, November was like real slow for sailfish when usually they're already rolling through. Right. And now this past weekend with some of the past cold fronts we've had, we've seen boats coming in. Uh, Jim Ott and his mom right out front got like five flags, seeing some really? of the other charter guys coming in with two or three flags here or there. Now, these so aren't the local sailfish. These are the ones rolling through, well, right? I mean, I know I know the one guy who caught five of them, he was fishing right out front. He posted videos with the lighthouse right in the background. So yeah. he was he was right here. Hmm. And, but, yeah, I mean, some of these fish, uh, a lot of these fish that we target on tournament day are pelagic fish, which pelagic right. fish are highly migratory species. Most of the fish we target here, especially in Pompano, are passing by. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you get – fish that hang out on the wrecks if you know wrecks are holding kings one day sure. and you could go there for the tournament and believe it or not even sales stick on a wrecks for periods at a time right. yeah so it's the, that one year that that uh that i did really good in the tournament 
that whole week I was fishing all those wrecks out front and I was getting like two or three fish on a four hour charter. And it was like, uh, man, these fish are here. Right. So we knew it was going to be good. I mean, we put up with 17 fish that year yeah. through the whole, the whole tournament. That yeah. was the most ever caught. Ever right? caught. Yeah. Ever. So that, you know, they were just around more that year. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's sail fishing. I mean, even the boat tournaments, it's not, it's not a kayak thing. It's just, it's a fishing thing. It's sure. if it, it that's why it's fishing and not catching. If it was that easy, it wouldn't be that exciting. They wouldn't have these tournaments where we put up this money and get excited exactly. to win money because they're not always here. But even the boat tournaments, you see some guys, some years on one specific tournament, the winner f- comes in and in two days, he's flying 20 flags. And then the next year it's different conditions. Right. It's a different year, different day. You see the winner come in after two days flying six or eight flags. Sure. So it's, it's any given day, any given fish, you know, it's, yeah. it's fishing. Yeah, yeah it's fishing. Bottom we, line is we got to go out there and have fun. Exactly. You, know? you got to put the time in. I mean, that's yeah. how you catch fish. Yeah, of course. It's all about having fun, putting the time in, you know, details, like you were saying. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great year. I'm, uh, I think fishing-wise, you know, last year was kind of weird. So I'm, I'm really hoping for some, uh, for some monsters again this yeah, year yeah. because the year before was unbelievable. And the year exactly. before that was unbelievable. Yeah. So, you know, we had two straight years what was it, 2017, 2018, that were phenomenal. Last yeah. year, eh, off a little bit. So I hope 2020 will we'll go out with a bang, man. That'd yeah. be I, I think it will. I Start off will. with a bang for the Start SmackDown. Start off with a bang. Yeah. That'd be yeah. great. You I'm know what I want to see in the SmackDown really bad, as crazy as it sounds? I want to see like a 40-pound mahi. Yeah. <laughs> for the mahi division yeah. how sick would that this be? time of the year is when it's likely to happen you get the big yeah. breeders coming in the bull and cow spawning on the wrecks That'd i mean on the sick, reefs in shallow yeah. feeding on all that bait you see flyers on the beach right now yeah blue water pushed in real tight it's it's possible yeah. this is the time of the year when it would happen yeah it'll I, happen one year it'll happen yeah, yeah we got the cobia the one year the 50 yeah. plus pounder right well, there's I, been a couple big mahis caught nothing i guess three of us shoes, three but. of us went out Two, three weeks ago, and between three of us, within 10 minutes, we had six mahi hookups. All between one and 300 feet of water, probably, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're all, this they're time there. of the year, uh, they come in shallow. Yeah, I think we're at 155, actually. Yeah, in yeah. summertime, you gotta you can't catch a mahi in a kayak. you got to go 10 miles offshore. I know. So, you know, for consistently. You know, sure. Some, yeah. There's no walls out there. You can catch anything anyway. Sure. We had a guy uh, a couple weeks ago I saw. I don't know the guy. I don't know his name. I'd give him a little shout-out. He caught like a 50 or big mahi off the Lake Worth Pier. Oh, you wow. guys didn't see that one? No. Yeah, oh, that thing was all over what? the internet. Yeah. What? How did I miss that? No, it was a huge bull, too. I, I want to say what? it was close to 50 pounds. No. Yeah, look what? at that. I'm telling you, what? off the Lake Worth Pier. Yeah. That's wild. Um, this is the time of the year, man. The mahi come shallow. Jesus. They're feeding on all the bait over the reefs and the wrecks. That's what I love about down here. I mean, yeah. I hear stories of people catching sails from piers. Yeah. There were sailfish in Hillsborough in it years ago. Yeah. I remember. I well, was, I was around when that Why it happens wow. here more than other places, you go just say, for example, the ledge that we fish here yeah. is about one to three miles off our coast. Nah. That same ledge runs all the way up the coast up to like the Carolinas. Yeah. But when you get up to jacksonville and the carolinas the country is in to the west more florida comes out east towards that ledge more right so we're just closer to that ledge you could go that's yeah. why we are successful kayak fishing here you don't have to go far you go jump in your kayak right off the beach you paddle out a mile and within a two mile radius you can catch mahi tuna wahoo yep. kingfish sailfish drop down and catch muttons all in the same area yeah. like yep. literally you can be anchored up on a spot and catch all that in one spot down here so. meanwhile in new jersey you yeah, got to right. go to the canyons have fun shoveling and snow and yeah. snow <laughs> and if you want a blackfin tuna you got to go 100 miles out yeah yeah it's a lot of fuel it's a lot of fuel it's a lot we did it too multiple times although we do get the bluefin tuna and uh, that's pretty phenomenal yeah. that was amazing i'll never yeah. forget that yeah, that was yeah. cool i could imagine at night butterfish just letting them out for hours you let them out and then you see, like, we're on the canyon, and you see all these lights, right? And you know when the bluefin school comes because all of a sudden you'll hear from far away because it's like, The other know, boat's hooking up, starting hearing, their motors. And you hear screaming. Yeah. And all of a sudden you look at the next boat. Light starts flickering. You hear screaming. Look at the next boat. My dad's like, Getting closer and closer. It. And you're like, <laughs> and all of a sudden you see it go, and then you just click it over and. Oh man, it's awesome! Awesome feeling. Imagine. Yeah, they're I mean, they're not as big as they used to be, unfortunately. But you know, a, a small bluefin is like the size of us. You know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? So it, sure. it's it's a lot of fun. I, mean, I yeah. thought I caught a bluefin this year. I caught a, a big eye that I saw that, that uh, bottomed out a hundred pound scale. I don't insane, even know how much he man. weighed. Oh, but wow. when he first came to the surface, and we realized it was a tuna, my assumption was just bluefin right away. Right. And then once I knew it was, you know, realized it was legal size to kill it, we killed it, and the whole ride in, I thought it was a bluefin. 
then I looked up, you know, the difference and why, and I realized what it was when sure. I got in. But that was epic, you know. But we caught it on accident, sword fishing. Thought we had a shark hook the whole time. We didn't even realize it was a tuna until we took the lead off. But once we wow. took that lead off, he did a little, like, up and down. like The flickering like a little a, bit. He did, like, an erratic up and down instead of, like, pinwheeling the whole way up like he was. Yeah. When he did the up and down, I saw a flash. And I said, guys, that wasn't – this ain't a, that's not a shark. I think we got a big tuna on. They're like, oh, man. Some customers who booked the sword charter from seeing a few swords caught the week before – and they like weren't even happy or excited. I was like, what? you don't understand. This is better than a swordfish <laughs> because they're from we up don't... north, right? No, they're from down here. Oh, they are. Uh, okay, yeah. but uh, it was a good, uh, good return customer of mine. A guy named Carlos. He comes out with me probably fifteen, twenty trips a year. Oh, he wow. Comes out like, oh, wow. like okay. twice a month with me. Uh. So he deserved it. He was the one. Dude, that fish I'd was awesome. Yeah. But you know what's funny is in in Jersey, in the canyons or the Carolinas. If you catch a big eye, you're kind of like, damn, I wanted the wanted blue, the blue fin. Fin, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so he's right. Like yeah. a, a big blue, you know, a big one like that, you're, you're, you know, you want that bluefin too, right. you know. Yeah. So, but they're still, I mean, it's the same fucking fish. Yeah. You know? That was the best eating tuna I ever had too. Yeah. Fresh. That I think for two days I ate it three, di- three or four different ways. That's awesome. It was real cool. Yeah. Huh. Cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we got to go. I got to do some Christmas shopping. I am done. I've been done. You're done. I'm a thug, sir. When it comes yeah. to Christmas shopping. I beat everyone. Yeah. Well, I usually start a day or two before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And it's like whatever, whoever I don't get on the list, they get gift cards, unfortunately. But I did start, too, like a week ago. I'm almost, almost done. There well, you go. I'm in trouble. Uh, <laughs> I had to ship all a daughter my stuff now. To... Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I just ship Christmas everything to Houston. I'll be in Houston next week for Christmas. Yeah. I'll be in Jersey. Where are you going? Uh, You're staying here, right? I'll be down here, yeah. yeah. Go to my sister's house for Christmas Eve, my aunt's house on Christmas Day. You go to Charter yes. on Christmas? Do you have anything like that? Does anyone ever book? Yeah, but the way the weather's looking right now, yeah, man, shit, it's right? bad. Yeah, usually Christmas, like, you know, September, October is right. usually slow months. November maybe picks up a little bit. In December, we get usually a nice rush from Christmas time through New Year's to, like, the 10th or the 12th of the year. Yeah. Because people are traveling. They're on holiday break coming to Florida. Right. But, man, this year, yeah, I had two trips canceled already. And sure. the way the weather's looking, it's going to be a tough week. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah get all right. this weather out now, man, because... I think the last time I looked, there's 10-footers out there right now. Dude, it's yeah. nuts. Yeah. We're getting another cold front, I think. Uh-huh. So. Hey, that's I'm... good. Push them down south exactly. before the tournament. Get them yeah. sales exactly. here. Get them all here. Just yeah. get them all. Once they're chilling right off front of Pompano, then lay it down. Give us a nice variable wind day. Yeah, exactly. Let us do our thing. Exactly. <laughs> well, listen, we want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Sir, Merry Christmas, Benny. Merry Christmas. Sir. Happy happy Hanukkah, Joe. Thank you very much. And happy Kwanzaa, Eric. Appreciate it. Is that the same thing? I have no idea. Me either. Remember to treat these selfish right, too, guys. You know, when you get them next to the kayak. Good point. Yes. We are releasing. Like Epstein, these selfish aren't going to kill themselves. (laughs) So just, you know, you don't want to ruin their slime coat, get hooks down their throat. No, no. So that's that's fair. (laughs) That is great. Speaking of that. Okay. <laughs> Let's just talk about it now real that, quick. Now a that we're there. Bit, a tiny now that we're bit, there. Just a tiny bit. All right. We all know he didn't kill himself, right? Correct. Yeah. Let's just. I uh, would say when when it comes to politics, both sides agree that they don't think he killed himself. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I think Barr came out right away. At least away. that's something that the Republicans and the Democrats both agree on. Yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah. Something I think. Uh, I think his brother actually hired two separate. Investigator. Uh, investigator. Oh, did he really? Both of them were like, yeah, this is for, for sure a homicide. Well, the th- you know the thing I don't get is you would think the guard or guards that were guarding him would be the first people that you would check their bank account instantly. Nah. And if the bank account, you know, if they weren't, if they were, if they got cash or something, then you would like raid their house. I mean, you know, like, look what the FBI I think they did arrest done. them. Yeah. Did I, they really? I think they said they were charging the guards. Which I was going to say, we, we all know that's bullshit. Because they got to point a finger it, at somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all they're doing. And well, the guard had to know something. Why would the guard have known if they were having him killed? Because they just had to a, guard him 24-7. He was on mental... Um, no, they moved him to the uh, mental I, I, ward. Right, right, right. But Not that, the regular guard. That doesn't mean eyes on 24-7. It doesn't? No. I don't know so, how that works. So you know, how does it work You know, prison, I was a prison Eric? guard, right? Oh, yeah. I was a prison guard for four years. But, but remember, we're talking about the mental part, not the regular guarding. Right, so... How does that When work? I was a prison guard, if we called... Suicide Watch. Delta Block, which was... The uh, segregation, okay, which is the first step on suicide watch. You segregate them. You take away shoelaces, belt, right? You know anything they can hang themselves with, right? There's special sheets. There's special this that they can't really use for that. What about um, the room? There's no bricks, right? So they can bang their head. It's like <laughs> no, really. It's like padded, padded right? Uh no, 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 no. Really? Yeah, it's just a regular one person cell. Oh. Yeah. So you can kill yourself. 
you essentially could, you could find a way but wait there's so you're saying that there's not a guard so on the, duty the guard would have been at the end of the cell block right so, so they, they don't even watch him so they could be overseeing the entire block not on his specific but cell but he was special though come on you know I understand he was that, special right but i don't think they weren't there staring at him 24/7 See, a, a I camera should a camera should have been. It, oh, exactly. So Didn't I, something happened with that too. What I'm, what yeah, I'm, they weren't yeah, working those, that those day. Were right. So, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. so I don't think the guards had anything to do with it, other than hey, really? hey, you're going on a bathroom break right now, or something like that. One yeah, of them had of to turn the camera off. No, it could have been off for something else. <sighs> and the camera wouldn't. It's probably a camera that he can see in his office, and they see at a central location. So, uh, no matter what, there should have been something. But I, I just think with someone like that, everyone wants him dead. Like you would think he would be in like a special treatment area for like, let's say Elvis wanted to kill himself. You don't just stick him in a cell with everyone else. You put him in a special location guarded 24-7 because it's fucking Elvis, sure. right? Yeah. So you would think with Epstein, right, he had cameras, guards, special treatment. He had to have. I mean – he had to. They didn't just throw no. him with everyone else. No, because remember, in prison, so. in prison, he'd be dead in two seconds because they kill those. those. Well, uh, I mean, he did die. So. He did, but. So, and allegedly, I heard that his original cellmate was a former cop that was just this big roided out right. dude. Right, yeah, I that heard had that too. big anger issues and was in there for fucking people up. Yeah. And, so. But why do they stick him with him? Right. Come on. Right, like, you really? And it, yeah, it, none of Benny it, knows he's no, he's holding back. Benny's like, <laughs> <laughs> that was my roommate too. No, uh, but like none of none of this story makes sense. Exactly, like, none of it. It's weird. <laughs> it's what you're saying right now is funny because when Barr, you know, the our, our uh, attorney general came out and he said the same thing. He's like, you know, none of this makes any sense. Like, I just yeah. don't understand. We all know what happened, right? I mean. But what do you think happened, though? Like, let's each of us say what happened. Like, do you think an assassin came in? Do you think it was Hillary herself that, like, <laughs> climbed down a little thing and fucking, like, stuck him in the neck with a needle? Like, what happened? D- dressed as the Hamburglar? Hey, could have been, man. I wouldn't mess with Hillary. Yeah. So, like, yeah, what happened? Evil. What do you think happened? You go first. I was and then we'll end say, the show. I was going to say one word, and it was either going to be Hillary or Clinton's. Okay, so you think they personally went in there... Killed him. No, no they had I mean, somebody. They had somebody. I think that was already incarcerated, uh, and they, they they pulled out. Hey, you want to get out? Regardless early? who it was, the guy had so much dirt on so many different people and so many big names. He kind of knew it was probably coming. They might, oh, they probably sure. said to him, "You're probably at that point where you're like, hey, you know what time it is, right? Oh yeah, sorry, go ahead and do what you got to do. Yeah, like yeah, oh, I'm gonna die. Him. Okay. And like, you just said what I just think happened. So you guys have seen Game of, Game of Thrones, right? No, no. Jesus Christ, I've seen Ozark. This guy is the busiest guy I know, and he watches all these long ass like. I, Star I don't even turn Wars. my TV on. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones I still have a TV in my house that has the back piece on it. Yeah, I do. I don't Jesus turn it on. Christ. Yeah, uh, I don't turn them on. I go to my cousin's house. He watches TV, films like Wicked Tuna for me, so I watch that there. All right. Uh, so in Game of Thrones, okay, they uh, the Lannister army. I'm going to say this as plain and simple as possible. They overthrow the other army, right? So the leader, the general of the army, makes his way up the castle all the way to the top. And then there's there's the queen, right, who he just overthrew. And he sits down with the queen, and he looks over. And, you know, back then they had, like, a wine stand. So he went over and poured two glasses of wine, okay? And he put one for her and one for him. And she said, well, how will it, how will it happen? And he said, well, you know, uh, the queen wanted to, you know, drag you through the street and beat you naked. She wanted to hang you from the castle walls and then behead you. But I talked her out of those. And then he pulls out this little thing of poison and he puts it in her wine. And, he go- and she goes, will there be pain? And he said, I made sure there's no pain. And he gets up and walks out like a boss. Yeah. And, the- and the scene ends. I could see Hillary walking out in her suit. And I was just gonna say, I think Hillary goes in there in like a like a like the emperor suit. You know, she's got like a a, a cloak, a small entourage then, behind her. Yeah. yeah, and then she walks in and she you know does the cloak and just sits with him and pours a glass of wine. And they both have a glass of wine, and he says to her, you know, how are you gonna do it? Here's your here's your already done. And she goes, you drank it, and just pours it in. And I think that's what happened. I think he was poisoned. Has it come out how he died? No. 
Oh. It never will. Huh. He was poor. I always assumed it was a hanging. Well, they, yes. Yeah, they, they say he didn't hang himself. Someone hung him, right? They uh. didn't find him hanging. So oh, the did hang, they? The hang thing is just like a saying. Oh, he was hung? Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, well, screw my theory. Yeah, we that was... Got our we hung wrong. him. All right. Uh, <laughs> I mean... Probably all by yourself, too. Yeah. Uh, huh. I didn't know uh, he was hung. Yeah. How did I miss that? I don't know. Or or may, maybe it wasn't that he was hung, but that that's what the wounds were they were trying to pass off Oh, I think it was of. the wounds. Yeah, maybe. I don't think but they then saw the, him hanging. The, the, uh, private he couldn't have had it. The private investigators came out and said, no, that's... that's uh, <laughs> No, what a no. joke, man. I don't know. We're probably all going to get suicided uh, now. So. Actually, when we post this video, we will be found dead one by one. Yeah. And um, that won't be good. Yeah. I would choose poison. How would you How would you go? Uh, probably the same. Uh, especially if it's poison. painless. Or... Painless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Benny? I don't know, What the man. hell are we talking about? Yeah. Talk, I mean, when you ask me how I want to go, I'm now I'm, the topic we're on, I'm picturing a civil war. Oh God! In the streets of Pompano, we need to end the show because we're going into a deep uh, realm right remember, now. Remember, take care of the sailfish. You don't want to ruin their slime coat. Right. They will bruise up, and they could potentially die from that. Right. So keep them in the water while you're handling them. Right. Screw yeah, humans, but hey, civil war, all that. Yeah. Keep those sailfish safe, guys. Yep. Don't right. hang. We don't need them to come back hang. next year. We need bigger numbers in these tournaments. Yes, yeah. I agree. There, <laughs> we got to keep them safe. And uh, listen, everyone, have a merry Christmas, sir, sir. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy Gents. New Year. All right. All right. And uh, are we finally done now? Are we done done? I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you're looking for more content on Raw H2O, you can go to our YouTube page and just look up Extreme Kayak Fishing TV, or you can find us on Instagram, Extreme Kayak Fishing. Thanks, guys.